Nation Nail Salon and Grocery Store. Wait, she's at the nail salon and the grocery store? I'm at the Combination Nail Salon and Grocery Store. Groceries through Instacart, delivered to my door. I don't have to choose between acrylics and the grocery store. Start and end your day with the good news. The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Well, praise the Lord and God bless you today. This is Beatrice Bruno, the Drill Sergeant of Life, sitting in, subbing for the unsubstitutable Angie Austin. Now, look, some of y'all are going to go to Webster's or to, um, what's the other one that's online? The online dictionaries. Dictionary.com. Dictionary.com. Yep. And you're going to ask the, the creators of those dictionaries and say, hey, is this really a word unsubstitutable? <laughs> It okay. is. And they're going to say, well, yes, it call is. Beatrice Bruno, the drill sergeant of life, because she coined that term specifically for Angie Austin. And you're going to see a picture of Angie next to That's the definition. That's right. You right? will see it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're here to have a good time today with the good news with Angie Austin and friends. I've got my good friend and sister from another mister, Donna Smith-Hetzler. How are you doing today, girl? I'm doing good. Glad to be here hanging Amen. out with you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah. And I've got a new friend in the studio today, Sandy. And I, I'm sorry, I forgot your last name already because okay. it was a strange name to me. Stephas. Stephas. S-T-E-F-A-S. F-F-E-S. But that's okay. S -T -E -S. It's pronounced the same. And she is with Spirit Coaching. And I'm really looking forward to talking with her. And of course, we have producer David in the studio. Yay. Hi, ladies. Yay. So nice to see another day with your beautiful faces. Oh, Amen. see why we come in all the time. Yes. <laughs> because he just, he confirms us. Yeah. Okay, he confirms us. <laughs> so we're going to have a good time today. And we're going to talk about, and, and yes, we're going to talk about a subject that people probably don't have a good time with, but... You know, out of ashes, there tends to be stars. Out, out of ashes, there tends to be life. Mm -hmm. Out of ashes, you know. And we're going to be talking about grief here in a, uh, very shortly um, because um, Sandy's business is to help people through grief. Mm -hmm. And spirit coaching, that's what that's all about, and that's what we're going to talk about. So we're going to jump right into it. We've got a clip with Bonnie Raitt. And I, I didn't know this story about her, producer David. Yeah, so I guess Bonnie Raitt, famous singer, you guys mm -hmm. know, uh, mm -hmm. she's been a singer for a really long time. I guess she went through a very long period where she lost her parents, she lost a couple siblings, a couple friends, and she didn't know how to work through it. She had a really hard time. And then in this clip, she kind of talks how she uses it. Okay. So. Well, that highway moon is calling like some lover from some other land. I don't write often and, and easily, and sometimes if I find 10 or 11 great songs by other people that seem to fit together, sometimes even though I have some ideas, I'll just do the best songs that are at the time. And this particular time after um, a period of about 10 years when my family, my parents and my older brother were all ill and passed away, in a short period of time while I was recording and touring two years each around two different albums. So I was pretty fried and I took 2010 as a complete break from thinking about what I wanted to do next and do some grief work with a support person and I really just felt all the things that had been pushed aside by all that loss and trauma. And uh, I came out of it really grateful to have had that break and then I was rejuvenated by 
Slipstream, the last record, just got such a great response, and I co-wrote a song on that one with my guitarist, whose music I just loved so much, and, I, and the words didn't go, so it forced me to write some songs that went with what my experience was. And that kind of got the wheels greased, and, and, and I came off the two-year tour, uh, which was one of the most fun ones I've ever had, and just knew there was two or three feels that I wanted to add to the show, and so I kind of wrote on assignment. So I busted the, 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 not writer's block, but I mean, after all that loss, to finally have the time and freedom and not have to be worrying about family members, I had more opportunity to write. You know, in my writing classes, I, I teach um, people to write, um, and one of the main tools I like to use is um, the cathartic side of writing. Mm-hmm so that people can receive healing. And that, that sounds like what Bonnie is, has been doing. Um, I've known several people that have lost family members, bam, 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 one right after the other. And, you know, they had nowhere to go. They had they could barely talk to people because it happened so quickly. A, a good friend of mine here in Denver, um, she lost several family members, one right after the other, after the other. And it was just so hard. But, you know, I, I encourage people, you know, when you go through stuff like that, write about it. Yes, and that's uh, displayed in the book of Psalms, too. David, King David, pours out his heart to the Lord, and his writings show that. And so, you know, maybe you spend, if you're if you're listening today and you're hurting, maybe spend some time in the Psalms. But like Beatrice says, writing is so healing. Yes. And I know when we were at a writer's conference together, uh, one of the speakers had said, if you write out of weakness, you'll never run out of material. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? So, um, but, you know, some people think, well, I'm not a writer, you know, journal, write down some things and just pour out to God yes. and um, it will totally heal your heart. Yes. Yes. Now we're going to hear more from Sandy in the next segment, but Sandy, what, what are your feelings about this? Because you are a grief counselor. Absolutely. This is one of the biggest tools that I use with my practice is having people get unstuck out of their head because mm -hmm. when they're going through grief or any kind of a tragedy that's holding them back from life, um, to get all of their thoughts out of their head and mm. to put it down on paper or even just to talk about it with anybody, it helps things come into a better perspective okay. for themselves. And they're able to see for themselves without much guidance from me, actually, mm -hmm. you know, well, I can be better. I can do this. I can do that. Um, it's amazing. It's an amazing tool. Amen. And I use that all the time. That's good. That's yeah. good. I've had people to sit and cry through chapters of their lives. Mm -hmm. And at the end, they'd say, oh, wow, I feel so much better. Mm -hmm. Why hadn't I done this before? Yeah. Not many people know about this writing and grief mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. what what happens mm -hmm. when you just write it out. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you another thing. This part its so interesting that Bonnie Raitt was on this segment because I use her a lot. Do you? It is so interesting because she actually collaborated with a songwriter that I go to. I like to wallow. Okay. Uh, there's times I need to just get my, I feel the grief coming up and it, it won't come out. Okay. So I go to this songwriter named Cindy Bullens and Bonnie Raitt worked with Cindy Bullens um, on, a, on an album that I go to all the time. And she sings on a couple songs on the album. And I just thought it was so great that Bonnie Raitt was on there. I knew she had some tragedy in her mm -hmm. life. I didn't really know the whole story till just now. So that was so wonderful that she was on here. But Cindy lost her daughter okay. to cancer, just like oh, I did. Wow. And so that's why my grief counselor gave it to me 
Raitt. Mm -hmm. And so I take it with me wherever I go because I never know when I'm going to need it. But then Bonnie Raitt was on there, too. And I thought, oh, that is so cool because I love Bonnie Raitt anyway. (laughs) And And I like um, how you give listeners and and any of us who grieve um, the okay to wallow. It's okay to be in that spot and to really pour out. After 10 years, Mm -hmm. I still feel the need Mm -hmm. to do that. Um, and the, the music, because of that album, she writes about her pain. She writes about, you know, missing her daughter and everything. And it's just what I feel. And I think that's why I go to that. Because when I first heard that album, it was like, oh, I feel, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, I get those, those aha kind of moments with, yes, yes. Oh, I feel that too. And, um, you know, Bonnie Raitt was just in there going along with it. I'm saying, wow, this is so awesome. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you're just joining us, you're listening to The Good News with Angie Austin and Friends. This is Beatrice Bruno, the Drill Sergeant of Life. And I have my good friend Donna Smith-Hetzler here in the studio with us and our our new good friend, um, Sandy Steffes, today. And she's with Spirit Coaching. And we're talking about grief and you know what 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 is the grief process i've heard so many times over the years that oh well you know you it'll take a long time to get over it well what if you never get over it because you sandy you lost your daughter Mm -hmm. to cancer Mm -hmm. and that's that's the baby that you carried in the womb of your body Mm -hmm. and it's not something i want to get over no i'm not looking to get over it right because if i do i would get my daughter, you know, her heart, I would feel like I'd be losing her. Yes. So I just find a way to live with it. And you do. Amen. You definitely find a way to live with it. Amen. Amen. And I think that's what we need to understand um, because we are so quick to try to get over stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, it, it just doesn't happen. Right. It really doesn't. And that it, it's not just with people. It's, it's with anything. If you lost your job. You're going to grieve over that job. Mm-hmm. if you And you know what? People need to understand it's okay to grieve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. It's one of the things God gave us yes. to get through life. Yes. And it shows how much we love what we had. Yes. Yes. That's and, a really good transition for our next clip. Yes. Um, <laughs> because, uh, you know, the, going along with the, what Bonnie Raitt said, and then, uh, you know, it's writing could help. It doesn't have to be writing, though. It could be whatever outlet that you have, and that's Mm -hmm. why I think this one's important. Amen. It's an emotional tale of a husband and father who wants to keep the memory of his late wife alive. Ben Nunnery's wife, Allie, passed away after a battle with lung cancer in 2011. She and Ben purchased their new home in 2009, the same year they got married and took wedding photos in the house that was to be their future. This year, Ben and his now three-year-old daughter, Olivia, decided to move into a new home, but wanted to look back on those moments. With the help of Ben's sister-in-law, he and Olivia recreated those old photos, with Olivia posing in the same setting as her mom. It became a touching and inspiring series of remembrance. When Ben wrote about the experience in his blog, he said, this isn't a story about grief and loss and hurt. This is a story about love. Now you know, pass it on. What a great perspective. Yes. You know, how to switch that to this is a story about love. And when you love somebody as deeply as you did your daughter, you don't want to just get over that or forget about it. You want to keep her legacy, her memory, you know, close to your heart. And And those pictures were so cute, too, of the dad and the daughter. Amen. Amen. That's awesome. And we all deal with grief um, in different ways. You know, some of us. We laugh it, laugh through it. Some of us we cry through it. Mm-hmm. Some of us we get reflective through it. 
So there's not one way that you can grieve with anything. Absolutely. And as, as we were saying before we listened to this clip, you know, you could lose a job. You could lose a friend. You could lose a, a, a dog. I'm I'm still grieving my dogs. We've just oh, had five to pass don't over. Don't get the, me started. Yeah, <laughs> I, we've had five to pass over the Rainbow Bridge, you know, in the past two years. Mm -hmm. And it's hard. I go to the animal shelter all the time looking for a dog, and I'm like, I don't want any of those. You know, because it's just too, it's still too fresh to me. Uh -huh. You know, but. You're not it, ready yet. No, yeah. I'm not. In the grieving process, though, Sandy, and, and you know, with um, spirit counseling, spirit coaching, how do you help people to get past that? And I know we're going to talk more about it in the next segment, but just give us a little teaser on how do you help people to get, get, you know, get, I don't to even know what going. get to keep going. Yeah. Yes. Um, it does. It's a lot of soul searching where I let them talk. I set them down and I ask, what is it you need? They're not even sure when they first start, but as I kind of prod them along, give them a little coaching, we start talking about their loved one. Okay. That's what really opens them up. And once you start talking about your loved one and all the love and all the good memories, and sometimes there's not good memories, sometimes there's right. bad memories. Mm -hmm. But if you talk it through it, um, we talk about what do you need? What do you need to get through today? What do you need to look at? get through tomorrow how does your life look to you what would you like your life to look like in a week what would you like your life to look like in a month and as I listen to them and what they need what they feel they need um, we just kind of do some different tools and workshops and and things that we talk to God a lot I ask them to make sure that they're spiritual so mm -hmm. you know they're open to that but God really helps a lot amen and you know you said something just now I never even really thought about it, um, asking the person after the fact, what do you need? Mm -hmm. And you, you placed emphasis on that. What do mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. need? Because yeah. nine times out of ten, their mind is still with their loved one. Right, mm -hmm. right. What do or you need? if they're a parent or some other kind of a caregiver, they're thinking of still taking care of other people. Uh -huh. So if I know they came to me for help. They didn't come to me for help to help somebody else. They needed the help themselves. Okay. So we do focus, yeah, what do you need now? What wow. do you think you need now? And like I said, a lot of times they don't know. <laughs> so that's that's good. That isn't is it, very good, especially as women, because we are caregivers yes. and we give mm -hmm. and we give and we give. And so when we get to that place of grief, you know, now we don't even know how to take care of ourselves because right. we've been giving for so long. Yeah, they're totally lost. Mm -hmm. What am I supposed to do? What's my role? Right. What's my purpose? Right. So, wow, that's, that's good stuff. It really is. Mm -hmm. And it, it makes you think, you know, um, if you listener, if you are in the grieving process because you've lost someone that you love or, or something, a job or, or an animal or whatever, what is it that you need today? What is it that you need to hear in your spiritual ear that will cause you to move to that next place that God has for you? Because mm -hmm. God hasn't forgotten about you. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be big. No. It doesn't have to be life-changing or life-changing. It can be just getting up out of bed. Mm -hmm. If you're stuck in bed, just getting up and getting some breakfast, just getting up wow. and brushing your teeth. Mm -hmm. That's a huge step for a lot of people. I never really thought about it. Never. Right? I just, mm -hmm. that's interesting because 
we forget about ourselves, like you said, Donna. Absolutely. We forget about ourselves because we've been in that caregiving place for so long. Mm -hmm. And then um, when this thing happens, we forget about ourselves, our needs. What is it that we really need? And I I can only imagine um, with losing a child, you know, that you, that that was your baby. That's, Mm -hmm. you know, that's your little boo-boo. Yeah, exactly. She was my best friend. I mean, she was, I was, I was her mother. She was Mm -hmm. 10, Mm -hmm. but I looked forward, you know, I had big plans, you know, her and me. Yeah. And they're not there. And that takes a big chunk. I've got a son now, but it's different. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, my daughter. I miss her terribly. I understand. <laughs> I understand. Bless your heart. And that's just, you know, thank you for being here to share this with us today because somebody needs to hear this today. Somebody has has a loved one that they're about to lose mm-hmm. and they need to know how to get through it. Mm-hmm. You know, before we go to this next segment, tell people how to get in touch with you, Sandy. Um, you can call me directly at 720-353-9573 or go to my website that has all my other contact information, and that's spirit-coaching.net. Okay, good. And if you're listening and you do need help, you know, definitely reach out to Sandy because it's hard to ask for help as women. Again, (laughs) pouring out, pouring out, and we can't take from others. And so I would really encourage you to reach out to Sandy, and she's got steps that she's going to teach us in the next segment of, is it eight steps? Well, it's really not eight steps specifically because it's such an individualized thing. Okay. It really is, you know, like I said, figuring out what you need. And from there, just talking about it and setting up goals is Mm -hmm. what it is. It's setting up goals. And I don't set the goals. My client sets the goals. You set the goals what you you can handle. I'm just there to make sure that you follow through. Yes, good, good. good. So reach out to Sandy. And I would also encourage listeners to go to God with this big question, because that is a big question. What do I need? Mm -hmm. You know, as I think of that, it's like, what's my biggest need right now? And and if you can't name it or identify it, maybe you can take that to prayer and that whisper that you know to be his will say, child, you need Mm -hmm. this. So, Yes. yes. And that shows us also the importance of having a relationship with God, Mm -hmm. because if we, if we're distant Mm -hmm. from God, Mm -hmm. then how can we ask him for anything? That's right. You know, how will we even know his voice? Exactly. But you have to have that, you have to establish that relationship with God Mm -hmm. so that when times like this come, you're able to stand before him, just like David did. I mean, look at some of the Psalms that, that David said, Lord, how they increase that trouble me. Many there be that rise up against me. Many there be that say of my soul, there is no hope for him in God, but thou, oh Lord, are a shield for me, the, my glory and the lifter up of mine head. It took relationship for David to be able to stand before God and say, but God, mm-hmm. you know, you have to have that relationship with God so that you can say, but God. You know, what is it that I need that I, I'm not seeing yeah. right now, Lord? And Lord, help me. And so um, I, I'm so glad that Sandy is here today because somebody's going to get healed in your heart today. And I, I can just feel it coming on. I can I can see um, the direction of the conversation and how it's going to go. And it's just you, you don't give up hope. OK, don't give up hope because God has something for you. There was always that ram in the bush. And so God is Sandy is that ram in the bush for you today so that you will know that God is really there. Hey, we'll be right back. Um, hope you're enjoying this because I know I am. The good news with Angie Austin and friends. 
We love you. We want the best for you. We want you to receive everything God has for you. We'll be right back. God bless you. Good news of Jesus for you in High Definition Radio and streaming at 670KLTT.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. Hi, it's Angie. Hey, would you like to donate items? You know, maybe some old sporting equipment, old furniture, old clothing. You'd like the tax write-off. You'd like to help others, but it's kind of a hassle to gather it all up and drop it off, and you're just too busy. Well, guess what? Art Thrift Stores, they will come right to you, to your house, pick up your items, and leave you your tax write-off donation form. How do you do that? Call 303 303- 238-JANE, 238-5263. And again, all of these items that you donate, they help people right in our own community. They help people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. And what better thing to do with your items that you no longer need than to help others? I shop at ARC all the time. I get my kids sporting equipment, gotten a rocking chair. I've gotten boots there. I have a purse that's amazing that still had the tags on it. It's a coach bag, and I got it at ARC. I shop there, and I help others, and I donate my items. Items about once every month or two and I call 303-238-JANE and they come right to my house with a truck and they pick everything up. Here, check it out. Again, 303-238-JANE. For over 120 years, the Denver Rescue Mission has been providing services to those in need and the homeless in the metro area. It is the oldest full-service Christian charity in the Rocky Mountain region. Since its conception in 1892, it has expanded to helping the homeless and hungry to provide services for men and single mothers, offering programs such as rehabilitation for those suffering from addiction and abuse, education and career centers, family services, and life restoration. The Denver Rescue Mission is always in need of your assistance. You can help this growing organization by donating clothing, food, furniture, and more at any of the drop-off locations. For more information on their services, ways you can help, and to donate online, go to denverrescuemission.org. denverrescuemission.org. Changing lives in the name of Christ. Hello, hello, hello. Producer Dave here in the driver's seat for Angie. Uh, She couldn't make it for this one. But I thought this was a really important thing that I wanted to share with everybody. I think this is a very um, tragic story, but it has a good it has a good ending, and it's all family oriented. And I just really think that, especially for the people here in Colorado and Denver, uh, we can feel so protected from all this stuff. There's wildfires going on. There's hurricanes going on. There's tornadoes going on. We really don't get a lot of that stuff. I mean, we can have some of it, but we don't have it as as much as some other places. And it seems like it could be so far away, and and it's not really um, affecting us. However, um, the recent the in California recently, uh, the seems like the whole state's been on fire. Um, But my cousin Kevin lives in Santa Rosa, California, and he was recently evacuated. now, uh, I didn't get to talk to him throughout this, but he kept us updated on Facebook, which is just another reason why social media can be so great, can keep us in touch with our loved ones, even in these crazy times. And um, I just wanted to have Kevin on the show kind of share his story about the evacuation, um, some of the things he said, and some of the pictures that he had really uh, hit close. I mean, uh, not only are, are you my cousin, you're my family, but also, I mean, it's just so crazy that this is happening to anybody. Hey, how are you doing, Kevin? I'm hanging in there, man. How are you doing? I'm awesome. I'm awesome. You know, just running, uh, running, uh, 
good news radio show here in Denver, and uh, I have a really great audience. I have a really great group of people that I get to work with, and we get to share these really awesome stories with our audience, which is, I think, one of the best parts about this job. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, I don't know, you know, people uh, throughout this whole thing, people, you know, it's a routine thing to, to say, hey, how you doing? And uh, it's always kind of greeted with a, a cock of the head. It's like, well, <laughs> I'm doing the best I can in this situation. But, sure, uh, sure. But, yeah. So yeah. And why don't you uh, start from the beginning here, just just uh, kind of get everybody okay. into context and what was going on. This was a last Sunday night, right, late or into Monday morning? Uh, yeah, uh, like a couple of weeks ago now. And it's the fires had been going here. on for like a week or so before that. Uh, no, so so this was... You know, California uh, and a lot of places, they, they have a lot of little fires going on all the time, but they're usually, you know, fairly isolated or, or in places that are, are you know, pretty pretty remote. Um, and California's pretty big. Uh, but, uh, no. Oh, God. Sorry. Hang on just a sec here. Um, my alarm was going off. Uh, so it all kind of started on a, on a Sunday night, and... Um, we had a crazy windstorm. You know, I've been living here about uh, uh, 15 years now, and uh, never, never quite seen wind like this. It was, it was gusting really, really hard. And uh, being a, a spooky uh, October baby, I, uh, <laughs> I really like uh, this time of year um, when we get these kind of warm winds blowing through. But it was pretty extraordinary that night. And so uh, I was visiting with a friend, and uh, we were hanging out and uh, just kind of enjoying the wind, you know, the powerful kind of experience blasting through. Um, but then uh, she got a call uh, partway through from her parents uh, saying that their house was in danger, that there was a fire. So she left pretty quickly. But, at that, you know, she lives uh, fairly uh, north of me. I live right here in uh, close to downtown Santa Rosa. And uh, it's pretty idyllic here, you know, not – a lot of stuff ever happened That's beautiful. Um, uh, uh, of a large scale like this. Uh, but that night was pretty extraordinary. And, uh, you know, as the time went by, um, I, I started getting a couple calls from friends, you know, checking on me, seeing if I was okay. I'm like, yeah, that's weird. I'm okay, you know. And uh, we could smell smoke in the air, but, you know, not, not anything too crazy. And then as the uh, night kind of progressed, I started seeing, um, you know, more messages. I would check up on Facebook and uh and uh, the, the news feeds, and they were talking about this, this uh, storm, uh, this firestorm kind of coming through. And then it never really seems real, you know, because we're used to being isolated here. Uh, and then we started hearing explosions, you know, in the explosions. air. Uh, big, yeah, kind of like, uh, kind of like fireworks, you know, that, that big resounding boom. Right. And, um, but it just kept coming, you know, one after the other. And then, um, you know, it's 2 or 3 in the morning by this point, and, uh, you know, this neighborhood's pretty quiet by then usually, especially on a Sunday night. And um, suddenly uh, all the, the roads were jammed with people moving south and then emergency vehicles moving north. Now, by that time, we, there's lots of smoke in the air, and then all along the hillsides to just north of us, like very close hillsides, uh, it was starting to glow orange. And at that point, Ooh. we knew uh, something, something real was going on, you know. So we started packing up stuff. I got, you know, I got my cat in a carrier, and I started looking for the valuables. Um, and uh, it still, you know, didn't really seem real. And we were getting a lot of, uh, 
information was crazy. Um, you know, we didn't really know what was going on. Yeah, that's what I actually uh, wanted finally, to know. So you were alerted mostly just because the neighbors were out in the streets more than you got uh, the emergency uh, alert system or then you got a message on Facebook or anyone called you or anything like that. Nothing like that happened? Uh, well, first I got the indication from my friends who had to take off. And then uh, I got a couple of calls from friends just checking up on me. Uh, and then I started checking the news. And then we noticed there was commotion outside. And then um, there was a, there's a, a, a really great system called Mixel that um, you just text your, your phone number to and your, and your uh, zip code, and um, they get updates. And that's when we started getting real updates oh, okay. saying something was going on. Um, you know, the tallest thing in uh, my neighborhood here, because it's fairly flat, is uh, this parking garage at the JC across the street. It's about uh, five, six stories tall. And uh, I went on top of that. And at that point, and I have some pictures too, uh, that's when I could see the hill just north of us, about a mile north of us, um, and the flames. The, the, whole, the whole hillside was glowing, but then you could start seeing the flames uh, come over. And that was scary. That was when I knew we got to go. We got to get out. Yeah, and I've been that so, close to a fire uh, before. Kind of everything feels like a sci-fi movie on Mars or something. It is. With all the yeah, smoke in the air is. and everything turns red. It's scary. Yeah, yeah. And the wind was still blasting at that point because the wind had been going for, for hours, you know. And, um, you know, I got a couple friends saying they're, you know, they're being evacuated out of their place uh, to the to the Veterans Hall. And, uh you know, well, that's where everyone kind of convened at first was the veterans hall, and that was a nightmare. All the roads were nightmares; you couldn't get around. Luckily, uh, I know a lot of the back streets, so I went to back streets. But um, yeah, I, I had some pictures with uh, you know my my grumpy cat and his carrier, and uh, basically all my stuff jammed into my car. And um, you know, by that point, we were just exhausted. I, I, I took some of those pictures at the uh, the fairgrounds, which is right across the street from the vet's hall. And stuff was pretty nutso at that point. You know, everyone was checking on loved ones, and uh, the information was really, really chaotic. We, we, no one really knew which way to turn because we, we kept getting reports that it was out in Sebastopol, it was to the north, it's to the west, it's to the south. Um, really kind of scary, you know. Yeah, of and, course that would uh, be scary. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what got yeah. me to ask you for this interview was uh, you posted a picture on Facebook, and it was you standing in an evacuation center. And there was the yeah. rows of cots and rows of cots behind you. And um, the thing that really stuck out, I mean, besides you looking exhausted and you were in an evacuation center, but there was also a woman behind you in the photo. And she was sitting with a playpen. And there was a little baby in the playpen. She was looked like she was feeding the baby or something. And I was just like, oh, my goodness, it's crazy how close to home that that image would hit, you know, like how scary it seemed at that moment. I mean, and I wasn't even experiencing it. I just felt my heart went out to you. And that was that was nothing, you know. That was that was the uh, that was the um, fairgrounds hall that they had just opened, and I went over there because the vets hall was jammed. It was just jammed. There was people everywhere, and I, I you know, there was a long line for the bathroom. So <laughs> I went over to the uh, to the vets hall, and they'd started opening stuff up. Um, and you know, that was just it was a good place to kind of collect. And you know, I was able to contact some loved ones and find out, you know, what part of the parking lot they're in. Because uh, you know it was just it was just cars jam packed as long as the uh, you know as far as the eye could see, and um, yeah, I finally uh, I got a 
a hole of a good friend living in uh, Petaluma, which is the, the town just um, about 20 miles uh, north of us. And uh, she uh, said I could come over, and I probably crashed out by 11. Um, and then from that point forward, everything was, uh, you know, checking on the news, checking on loved ones, seeing, seeing how everyone's doing, trying to, trying to find out some kind of coherent information. And at that time, there really was none. Ugh. Um, so it was kind of scary, uh, I, uh, but, but people were really banding together and, um, really, you know, taking care of each other, getting emergency supplies out. I kind of likened it on Facebook to, uh, especially after a couple days or so of this, um, I kind of likened it to being, uh, you know, British civilians during the blitz, Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> we're all kind of out of our elements. This is, uh, you know, our, our, our we're, we're, trying to function in daily life and and we're under this call of uh this this unpredictable force and um uh but we're we're really brought together so um at that point you know work was kind of off <laughs> you know i'm an actor uh so so uh my work consists of doing a lot of uh auditions and uh and 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 gigs like that, but there wasn't a lot of auditions going on that that week. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. Yeah, um, tends to fall to the yeah, low, yeah. on the low on the priority list when things like that are happening. Yeah, but that's awesome yeah, how so. everyone gets together. Uh, you actually said something else on Facebook that really stuck out to me, and it was that uh, I said uh, you said will will we ever be the same? No, but has it changed us for the good? And you're like, yes, it's brought us closer together. This experience has actually brought us all closer together as a community. I I find that very fascinating. That uh, in the face of, you know, uh, mortal danger, it seems like everyone becomes so much more human and so much more of uh, the people that we want to be all the time rather than, you know, the selfish people that we can be the rest of the time. Well, it's hard when you're in a, in a situation that's chaotic like that. You can feel really, um, you know, really uh, out of control and uh, you, you don't really know what to do and you want to help and you don't know how. Um, so the, the amazing thing, the really amazing thing that I got to be a part of, because that first day, you know, at the, at the, um, the, the veterans hall, the exact center, I was, you know, just kind of walking around, checking on people, you know, cause there's a lot of old people and, and people in the hospital that were, um, that were evacuated out of the hospital. So they're setting up makeshift, um, you know, uh, uh, beds and, and, you know, kind of, uh, therapy areas and, and, and stuff like that. And, uh, but, uh, like I said, there was, it was very, very difficult to find reliable information about what was going on and where services were available. So, uh, you know, I actually work at this maker space out in Sebastopol. Um, it's an incredible place, uh, run by, uh, among other people, uh, my, my buddy Dana Woodman. And, um, you know, they're, they're, they're smart, kind of clever people, and, and what they did is they got a website together. They threw it together in an incredibly short amount of time. Um, it's called sonomafireinfo.com. And, uh, you, know, they're, you know, we're not firemen. <laughs> we're, yeah. not, we're not EMTs. We're not police officers. We couldn't contribute that way. But, um, you know, we, uh, we do know how to program a website, and we do, you know, know how to make phone calls and verify information. And um, so and, cool. and collate data. So that that was the coolest thing to be a part of. Um, certainly, a lot a lot of uh, my friends contributed a lot more than I was able to. But uh, I was still able to go around to some shelters and just 
you know, verify how many beds were available, you know, ask them directly, you know, what supplies they needed so we could coordinate this information in a, in a central place. And, and that, that really rung home, you know, to me, uh, the power of, um, you know, what we can do when we all get together and, um, you know, trying to trying to help people out, and uh, that that was remarkable. I really that is remarkable. I love that idea. I mean, I've always I'm always looking for that solution, like look for a solution rather than just complain about the situation. And you're sitting there. Oh, we don't. We're not getting information. We don't know what to do. Oh, I know. Let's gather information. I love that. that you know, you came up with an immediate solution, and uh, what resourceful friends you have. Yeah. Well, that's you know, <laughs> that's that's one thing. Uh, you know. Uh, me and, and and my social group out here have is uh, we're very creative and um, you know we, we we know how to put things together in a fairly short amount of time. So yeah. uh, it, was, it was we got to help any way we can, and that was the way that we could help. So well, that yeah. is incredible. Cool. I'm so happy that you that you're sharing the story because I just think those things you know we take for granted how easy we have it i think you know uh you think you, you think about even people in houston they probably most of the time feel so safe and then things like that could happen or you probably you know in santa rosa I mean, it's beautiful there it's breathtakingly beautiful and you just kind of sit there and you think how could anything bad happen in such you know beauty inspiring beauty and, uh, and right. things like that and how quickly it can go from oh this is just a normal sunday night we're watching a movie too Oh my goodness! Now I'm at a fairgrounds in a row of cots. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very quickly, you know. And and we're fortunate that uh, more things haven't happened here. We we aren't really prone to, uh, you know, flooding or or hurricanes or anything like that. We have an earthquake every now and then, but no big whoop. But uh, yeah, this is definitely uh, an out of the ordinary experience and. We are lucky to say that we, uh, you know, made it out all right. Um, a lot of our loved ones, um, you know, they lost everything, uh, you know, very, very nearby to us. And uh, so, yeah, like a good friend of mine, um, you know, Riz Gross, she, she's an amazing person. She's uh, in a wheelchair normally, and, um, you know, her, her dad got her out just at the last minute. She, she, she and her dad made it out, but she unfortunately got some... Uh, some some pretty bad burns. Oh my goodness. Um, so she's doing okay now. She she had surgery, but you know they, it's hard. To, you know, at first you're just happy to get out alive and safe and sound, but then you gotta like real life is still is happening, and and you gotta pick up the pieces. So um, there's been a lot of uh, a lot of coordination effort. So if anyone out there is is uh, willing or interested in uh, in uh, contributing. Uh, you know, they can contact you, and and I can I can point them in good places. Sure, sure. Well, what was that website though? You said Santa Clara Fire Info. info. No, com? no. Sonoma oh, Fire Info. com. Sonoma Fire yeah. Info, and that's Sonoma. at least a good starting place to find out at least info that's going on, and maybe the first step to take if you wanted to help out these people. Uh, yeah. Well, that's the other thing too. We've had this outpouring this incredible outpouring of support there were people coming from from all across the united states and even uh you know firefighters from australia you know were coming out there was an incredible effort um you know this last week uh to 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 battle these fires which are uh, you know this is the biggest disaster that's happened in in california in in recent history maybe in, in far uh, distant history too um so there has been a, an outpouring of donations 
of clothes and food and, and, and services. And, um, yeah, yeah. Well, that's so awesome. Now it's, it's, uh, uh, the, the, the power of the human heart, I think, is just so amazing, especially in the face of such such danger and such catastrophe. Oh, uh, and we're incredibly grateful. I mean, everywhere you drive around here, there are, uh, you know, as, as um, some of these uh, burn zones are starting to open up, we still have the uh, the um, the National Guard here. A uh, lot of lot of guys in uh, Humvees, you know, uh, monitoring who goes, you know, into what areas. Right. And um, uh, and uh, everywhere you go, though, there's there's signs, you know, make sure signs. Thank you, firefighters. Thank you, first responders. Um, because yeah, we're all incredible. Well, yes, grateful. thank you, first responders. But we're out of time, Kevin. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, uh, hopefully, if you guys, uh, you can always call into the station and find out more information. I can get you in touch with Kevin, and we can figure out how you can help too. And I'm so glad that you're happy, that you're safe, and that uh, it's all is well in in the end. And um, you know, and I'm sorry that you had to live through all that. But yes, thank you for the first responders, and thank you for sharing your story, Kevin. Thank you, David. Nothing but love. Hi, it's Angie. If you want a super vacation deal, YMCA of the Rockies has $84 lodge rooms through the end of the year. Why is my favorite vacation spot offering this killer deal? My whole family stays in one of these lodge rooms. And here's the deal. $84 per night for a lodge room. And each room includes two free breakfasts, two day minimum. Because it's the 110th anniversary, they're only offering 110 rooms at each location, YMCA of the Rockies Estes Park and YMCA of the Rockies Snow Mountain Ranch. So make your reservation now to get this deal. So go to ymcatherockies.org. And these are some of the things that are included. Arts and crafts, hiking, roller skating, campfires and s'mores. You can also pay a little extra and do some snowshoeing and horseback riding. We love this place. It's our absolute favorite vacation spot in the United States of America. Again, ymcatherockies.org. All right, Angie Austin here along with Adam. Adam is an ambassador with ARC. And when you shop at ARC, it helps the ambassadors. They help people in our community. Every dollar you spend helps and everything you donate helps. ARC is a tremendous benefit to people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Now, there's a Saturday sale. Most items half off. If I'm a senior, 55 and over, on Tuesdays, most items are half off. How do we find out about that? ARCthrift.org. How about if I want to donate? Where do I donate? 303-238-J. You call them and they'll pick up whatever you need. Furniture, small, big. Medium. Uh, yep, absolutely. Uh, a small, big, medium. Yes, they'll bring the truck right on over. What's yes, the number? 303-238-JANE. Yeah, they bring a truck right to your house. 303-238-JANE. Yes, 303-238-JANE. ArcThrift.org. Does oh. Arc make you feel special? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I thought so. You are special. ArcThrift.org. As are you, babe. As are you. Thank you. Do you love working for Arc? I love Arc. Welcome back to the good news. Good news gals are still here with me and we are talking with Josh Helms. We talked to him last year about Shepherd on the Search. Welcome, Josh. Hey, thank you. Glad to be with you guys. So a lot of people are familiar with the elf on the shelf, whether they want to be or not for that matter. Uh, so talk to us about uh, Shepherd on the Search. This is uh, like the Christian option. Hey, yeah, you could you could say that. Really, it just came from a desire from my wife and I. We have two little ones. They're, this year, they're five and nine when we started this, about five years ago. Of course, they were much younger. but uh, And really, it's just um, an option, you know, to keep a lot of the fun stuff that's involved in that. 
but make sure it all points towards Jesus, which is what we want to teach our kids. So explain to everyone how it works. So you came up with this idea because you wanted to put Jesus at the center of Christmas, you know, Christ in Christmas, keeping it there. So explain how Shepherd on the Search works. Sure. So it's a, uh, it's a storybook, and then it comes with a little shepherd doll, and then it, it's all kind of packaged in a nativity, and so you can use that. And the storybook tells the story of a little shepherd boy who was there in the fields when the angels came to announce the birth of the Messiah. Uh, and so he got so excited about that, he just had to go find him himself. And so he went off on a great journey to Bethlehem to find Jesus. And so every year we repeat that journey through our house. And so the shepherd comes and he uh, moves along the house in different places, repeating that journey. And so the kids wake up and they go find where he is on that journey. And then, of course, on Christmas morning, he has found his way to Bethlehem, to the baby Jesus in the nativity, and really, it just allows us as parents to spend a little bit of time every day with our kids talking about the reason for the season, of course, which is Jesus. I love that. Oh, I do, oh, too. Yeah. I love that, too. Aww. So do you guys have any questions? Because, you know, you you obviously, Jen, made that a big part of your, you know, up, uh, bringing your your son up. And I'm one of our friends, Robbie, did something interesting to keep the Christ in Christmas I think this is genius, but as her son got into high school, he wasn't quite as eager to do yeah. this. She did a scavenger hunt for Jesus. And so yeah. um, mm. uh, Jesus was missing from the manger on Christmas morning. And then she had him do a scavenger hunt, and she got the neighbors to cooperate. And then he'd have different clues, and he'd go around the neighborhood Christmas morning, and he literally would find Jesus to put Jesus in the manger. And uh, when he was in high school, he was like, really? The scavenger hunt for Jesus again? <laughs> <laughs> and when someone asked at some big event, they went to what are some of the neat traditions he talked about how great the scavenger hunt for jesus was and i'll bet you i'll bet you something right now his kids will be I was doing gonna it. say when he has kids he's gonna yes, be doing it yes, right. yes 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 <laughs> i love this i you know i wished i wished i would have known about this uh, we we didn't do the elf on the shelf just i don't know that wasn't our gig but um we did we we always tried to keep Jesus in Christmas, Christ in Christmas. Well, you know, Hello. I, I have to say, um, yeah. I do like the shepherd singular. It's a shepherd yes. on the search because um, we um, we did get uh, blessed with elves and uh, seven uh, of them. And oh so um, I, there are alarms on my phone for me to just check to make sure the elves have moved. And wow. also um, we went up to YMCA, the Rockies, our family, uh, is, it's our favorite family spot. And someone will be blessed with an elf on the ceiling fan. Uh, my husband, who is very tall, was able to see the elf had flown up onto the ceiling fan. <laughs> and then my husband went down to the car prior to being we packed up. And I could not see the elf up that high. And I'm assuming it was too high for him to be able to. Or maybe he got stuck, caught on the ceiling fan. But <laughs> someone will enjoy him because he's still, I believe, on the ceiling fan. <laughs> uh, because he was caught and couldn't fly to the North Pole. So uh, the kids, uh, since we've been back, there's six elves now at the home. And they've been looking for that seventh one, and I've explained to them that he may have gone to another family. Uh, he may have been uh, somehow hung up at YMCA <laughs> the Rockies. Uh, but then they're like, they're like, what, what, did did you put him up there? I'm like, I am five feet tall. I did not. Well, Dad's six six, and he put him up there. I'm like, no, it's very confusing this elf thing. I, I'm glad that they're able to fly and report to Santa, but I love the shepherd on the search and that you're doing this. Uh, give us your website, Josh, will you? Sure. It's www.shepherdonthesearch.com, and that's the one place you can go to find 
all the other things we have, we have a lot of tools on there for families this year. So shepherdonthesearch.com. Love it. Thanks, Josh. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank, Thank you, you Josh. guys. Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at angieaustinradio.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.